you can all if you can all save one thousand pounds or one thousand dollars every single month, do you know by the end of the year you will have sixty thousand pounds or dollars worth of economic power? And that's something you can use to whether it's to start buying properties or whether you want to start a business. But that is your angel capital. That's your angel investment right there, your capital, your venture capital. You can use that to do some amazing things in your household or in the community. Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you today? Yes, yes, Peter. Uh, I'm feeling very good. Um, now, I shouldn't be happy, but uh, a certain country lost the uh, African Nations Cup football final. And um, that's kind of made me a bit happy because had they have won, it would have been a troublesome time. <laughs> You know how many listeners are listening right now and saying, are you getting at Nigerians right now for losing Absolutely. the AFCON? Absolutely. Well, I love my Nigerian friends. In fact, the majority of my friends are Nigerian. So... Doesn't sound like love, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's an opportunity to, to just have a go at them and, and tease them a bit. Um, and actually, did you know that a lot of Ivorians actually are Ghanaians as well? So my joke is, my joke is, as Ivory, um, Ivory Coast won the African Nations Cup, so did Ghana. <laughs> this is how shameless things can get for Ghanaians, but that's cool. You do that, you do that. But now, shout out to Ivory Coast, man. You you deserved it. You deserve it on the day. Um, and unlucky to Nigerians, man. It was a sad evening, but that's how it goes with football. There can only be one winner, man. Yeah. Um, well, to be to be really honest, yeah. all jokes aside, um, congratulations to Nigeria for getting to the final. I Probably. think it shows that the Super Eagles have actually, you know grown as a team uh, because mm. it is a long time since you got that far in, in the yeah. competition for real for real man um here's to the next competition man um for our listeners some of you probably wondering what on earth are you talking about if you don't know what we're talking about such is life man you're not football fans which is all good man but again um just a shout out to our listeners all over the world jacks good to hear from you as per usual um for today's episode um it's be quite interesting actually just talking of people in general and teams actually um teams in general in relation to the um topic that we're going to be talking about and um, jacks it's a term called group economics um i've heard of that and I've heard of it a lot um, in more recent years, I'll probably say, in various circumstances, which I can talk about in a bit. But what what comes to mind? What what does that mean to you when you hear the term group economics? Yeah, so I think, I think the term group economics has a, a cousin term, which is almost joint ventures. Mm. Um, that's almost like it's, it's, it's neighbour, um, another way of calling uh, something that's collective. So essentially, there is a definition, um, and the definition goes... Group economics is a collective of people who pool their finances to reach a common goal that couldn't have been done um, or accomplished if otherwise. So essentially what that means is people coming together, pooling their resources in order to achieve something, to build something that would have been actually hard to do if they tried to do it themselves. That's essentially what group economics is at the kind of definition level. Now, you mentioned a, a word, uh, you said resources, and at the beginning you said finances. When it comes to group economics, and we will take a bit of a deep dive um, shortly, does it necessarily have to mean um, everyone contributing their cash to this? Not necessarily, absolutely not. So it doesn't necessarily mean that. 
Um, if you go back to the definition of group economics, there is a high sense of money involved, hence the term economics. Mm. But in terms of actually building something that requires um, a bit of money as well, um, it doesn't just have to be money because that money has to be used wisely. And the other term I used, you're correct, is resources. Mm. And resources does not necessarily have to be monetary. Yeah, and I and I think that's quite interesting because um yeah let's give some example. I mean I've seen some examples. For example, you mentioned, you know the and the word is used interchangeably with joint ventures. Um, or it's quite similar. You know I've seen examples where you know groups of pairs have pulled together their resources to buy um property investment property for example. Yeah, that's that's actually a common one now. Um, so if you look at the definition again, uh, the la latter part of that definition talks about it being harder to do individually. Now, let's be honest, buying property it normally comes with high barriers to entry. Um, you normally have to come up with a big deposit. And then, of course, when it comes to actually the affordability checks um, and, you know, being able to get a mortgage, some sort of leverage, um, often they look at, you know, how much money you're making as an individual. And sometimes that could be difficult. So if you're able to actually partner up with an individual or a group of different people, then that allows you to have that access to something that would have been harder to achieve as a, as a single person. And property is one of those things. And, you know, there are certain people who are actually very good at this and have been doing this for years, certain mm -hmm. communities and demographics who um, understand the power of, you know, group economics and, and buying properties together um, and actually doing some sort of joint venture to allow um, individuals not only to just have that access to an asset or something like that, but also to do it quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a key word when it comes to group economics is the speed of which things can be done because you're pooling your resources with other people. And I love it because, it, you know, depending on the communities and the type of people coming together, it just acknowledges that when we are trying to do things alone, particularly if you are from a background where you are at a disadvantage already, um, it allows you to get somewhere much quicker, essentially. Um, well, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, um, property is one of those easy examples for us to um, understand, but also just even starting businesses, I think. What we find when you start a business is you often need some leverage and you need some capital to really grow and scale the business. Mm. Um, and a lot of people seek funding, right? So people will seek funding through things like angel investors and, and that kind of stuff. And look, uh, when we look at the statistics, I can't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but there is a very small percentage of, for example, black entrepreneurs and business artists who actually have access to capital mm. um, and are unable to actually receive capital and funding for their projects. Um, but, you know, if you're able to actually partner up with other people, again, you yourselves can come up with the capital um, because, again, you're pooling your monetary value in this circumstance together, which allows you to actually, you know, have something to use to scale the business. Mm. Love that. And, you, you know, uh, people that have been involved in successful joint ventures um, as well, they'll often tell you for them, um, it's a it's a key way for them to um, build wealth. So, you know, let's take a deep dive into is group economics and joint ventures the answer to wealth creation? Um, and, and, and we've spoken a bit about it, but it'd be good to take a deep dive into what more is, a, is attractive around group economics. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, especially individuals coming from that kind of low socioeconomic background, mm. where, again, lack of capital, access to capital 
seems non-existent or if it, if it is existent it's very slim right i think it is very important to understand the power of capital in the first place mm. um and and once you understand that in order to scale a business you often yes you can you know use your your kind of intellectual property and, and your and your skills and that kind of stuff but even to pay for certain infrastructure whether it's coaching whether it's sales and advertising you often need some sort of capital and um, by able to by being able to pool your resources with other people that's how you can actually do it and again the keyword i used before was being able to do it at a faster speed but there is one thing that you know makes the whole idea of pooling resources with other people even more attractive and there's actually an economic term called economies of scale mm. which means when you're able to all your resources with other people or you're able to come up with a larger sum of capital for example you're able to purchase things in bulk right and by being able to purchase things in bulk that means per item that thing's actually really cheap right mm. uh, the example i was given i'm talking about investing for example and i talk about you know um the difference between <clears throat> sorry the difference between mutual funds and index funds versus individual stocks well think about it right a fund is a pooled investment. Mm. It's a form of group economics, correct? So, so rather than individuals actually trying to pick their own individual stocks and paying transaction fees, dealing fees, and, and, and all that kind of stuff, by actually putting your money into a fund or buying units in a fund, you are pooling your money with other investors who then, you know, allow, which then allows you to buy assets at a much cheaper price. Mm -hmm. And also by investing in a mutual fund, for example, um, you have access to a professional fund manager who can pick or, or tries to pick the best um, assets within that kind of um, mutual fund that suits the mutual fund's objectives. And even if it's not a mutual fund, but it's more of an index fund, it is also that that fund manager who provides the administration of that fund and tries to track an existing index. All of this is part of joint ventures and group economies because you're still pooling your money with other people and getting that economies of scale. Hmm. No, I really love that. For for you, um, has it been quite a a, a good personal interest for yourself, Jets? Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, I mean, what finance is basically a joint venture, isn't it? Um, I could have done this alone. <laughs> Come on. Right. So, so definitely, I think, you know, by by partnering up with someone who has skills and areas that I don't have, um, that obviously allows me to scale, right? Mm -hmm. It allows me to to do two things, you know. Uh, the Bible says one person can do 1,000, but two could do 10,000, mm -hmm. correct? So joint ventures are things of, um, it's a law in, in, in the Bible as well, for example, something that's that exists. Um, and of course, like like you was, I was just saying before, when it comes to investing, I find that, yes, whilst I do have history of buying individual stocks, and I still buy individual stocks today, but actually now the majority of my portfolio is in pooled investments because I get that diversification and I get that economies of scale. Mm. Um, so I think those those are the ways in which I have seen uh, joint ventures really do well. Um, do, if I look at both examples, you know, individually, I have tried to run businesses individually and I've also tried to invest individually. And in both circumstances, I've done better. Mm. pooling my resources with other people so it's, it clearly works better yeah no I absolutely love that and and I think it goes back to what I mentioned in the beginning about the resources as well because a listener right now might be thinking but I have no money or nothing to contribute and yes as much as uh, that's very important in most of the examples we've mentioned 
you know, we all have something to value and it might be a specific skill set. So, for example, in a joint venture, a few people wanted to buy a property. Um, four people, three people might have the capital. One person might have a little less than everyone else, but they have skills um, and expertise in the legal side of things. So they offer to, their time on that um, and that, that creates that balance within that group. Yep. Well, look, this is something I tend to teach uh, young people is um, at the end of the day, every individual um, has or can have access to resource mm -hmm. um, and resources. Probably, in my opinion, comes in a few ways. Yes, you can have your own capital. That is a resource. Right, Money, the monetary value of what you have is a resource. But the other two can be very important and sometimes even more important. And when you're younger, you probably have this in more abundance than money, mm -hmm. which is time. Right. Time is much more valuable than money. And so if you're able to dedicate your time towards a cause, um, that thing could be actually more valuable than a person who provides the capital. Right. And then the next one is energy. Right. Mm. The younger you are, the more energy that you have. Right. So so if you combine the time and the energy that you have, um, that is usually more powerful than the actual money mm. um, and the capital that someone puts down but of course you have to be able to use that time wisely and of course use that energy wisely as well so if you do not have capital as um, the thing that you're going to bring to the table for example you can actually bring something that's equally or even more valuable which is that time and energy and be able to being able to actually add value in another way mm. um, you know the whole in fact let, let me explain something when we, when we talk about investing um, when we you when someone invests, what they're really doing is they're providing capital. They provide capital to a business, and that business takes that capital um, and wants to return or, or give a return on investment. But that business works and uses their labor, their time, and their energy to to work and, and to build profits. And then you, the investor, you also get a return in the form of dividends or capital appreciation. But also the business gets a return because the business grows, right? And employees get paid, et cetera. So everybody wins. Mm -hmm. So even the whole art of investing is about joint ventures, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and, and in any circumstances, it can work. I love that. I love that. And I, I think for me, that's definitely a couple of things of the benefits around group ep economics I've seen is, I'll say uh, that that, diversifying risks so you know if you're doing it by yourself you literally are taking on 100 percent of the risk <laughs> yeah. and how much better does it feel when you kind of spread that risk a bit with other trusted individuals absolutely well like you're right immediately your risk is diversified because you're pulling your resources with other people but also you're diversified further or your risk is diversified and mitigated further because you have four people that will have different mindsets and they can mm. challenge each other so, you know, if, if if someone comes up with an idea and they think it's the most amazing idea, if it's you by yourself, you will probably go with that idea. Mm. And the chances are you may neglect a lot of the biases that you have as individuals. Right. You might be going with your heart and your head. <laughs> right. Literally. But if you're if you're in a group of people that can challenge you and come up with new ideas, mm. they can challenge that, you know, that that idea or that project that you want to do and then if it's validated the chance that it's going to be successful because it has been validated by three other people mm. um, and if it doesn't go you know right then you know you, yes you can lose money i mean that, that's part of the game but then it's spread across four people you don't lose all your life savings for example right so so yeah absolutely the moment you you know incorporate other people into a venture you immediately diversify you mitigate your risk but also you further mitigate and diversify your risk because you have other people that not just bring capital but bring different ideas and challenges to the table as well 
absolutely. And I think I've been kind of alluded to already in terms of time and responsibility, that spread of responsibility. So you're not just doing it all by yourself because for a lot of people that can drive one a bit, you know, crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, responsibility and, and accountability are, are two of the things, you know, mm. um, having having other people keeps you grounded and it, and it keeps you um, on, 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 on a certain path because you have to report back to someone. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so, you know, these are all great things about joint ventures. It's not just a monetary um, element alone, which, of course, is important. Hmm. No, I love that. And um, I guess we spoke about diversifying risk. Uh, for the individual thinking or listening right now, I'm thinking, yeah, this sounds great, man. I need to start building up my contacts to, to start doing some joint ventures with people. What are some of the things that we need to be watching out for? What are some of the risks when it comes to actual joint ventures? Yeah. So, so, um, I mean, if, if first, if you want to start joint ventures, you can always look within your own network to see who's available and who can, you know, add value to you. And then you can also search for, for external networks, et cetera. Um, and it could be even with strangers, but in that same breath comes the risks, like you say, right? So one of the risks, um, is of course, if you're doing it with friends, um, and things don't go right, <laughs> the friendship could be under um, a bit of scrutiny, but I don't think that's, that should happen if you are true friends. Mm. Um, if you're mature, emotionally intelligent friends, I think you can definitely navigate situations very well. But that is one of the risks that can take place, you know, trying try to mix business and friendship for mm. some people can, can cannot really work. Um, but I think the more, you know, um, important risks that can, that can obviously come about which, you know, this is why I say risk can be a good thing and a bad thing. Earlier I said um, having someone who can challenge you mm. is a, it's a good thing. And I think mm. it is. But also it can be it can be a hard thing and it could be a negative thing. So if you come across disagreements um, and let's say, you know, over time your visions are not aligned, um, then that could be a problem. That could be a problem where, you know, one person wants to do another thing and one, another person wants to do a different thing. And you just can't seem to agree. That could be a risk and that can cause problems going forward. Hmm. And of course, and, you know, people yeah, circumstances, yeah, I was going to say people's circumstances change. Mm. So there is a risk that someone may decide to completely pull out mm. um, and pull out earlier than you would have expected um, before any of the fruits of whatever you guys have been, um, you know, setting up has has actually come to, to light. So that that's that's a major risk, I think. Um, or ultimately, that's not something you want. You Ideally, you want people to be in a game for at least a period of time but we've all you know when we're putting in our money and investing our time into project um business whatever it is joint venture we need to acknowledge that you know these are some of the risks and what can we put in place to mitigate some of these um which we'll definitely go into in a second um and i mean with disagreements we should be expecting that um, yes. We should be expecting some form of disagreement um, to really challenge each other and learn from one another as well. And yeah, man, it's so important with people pulling out. Listen, life happens. We always say on the podcast that emergencies will happen. Um, yeah. And for some people, that might affect one's ability to be involved in a joint venture. So there's certainly um, risk. And, and I, I guess another risk, Jax, is that you know, the joint venture, particularly if it's with friends, because they are friends, you might overlook maybe um, you will assume because they are friends, this is just going to work out, but you didn't yes. really do a skills audit at all. And then when you realise maybe you don't work well together from a business perspective and the business might just not succeed. Well, absolutely. I, I love that phrase you used. 
um, a skills audit. And and I think that's something, yeah, we would definitely have to highlight in the show notes. You know, it is a skill audit because, you know, you can't just, I mean, you can, but ideally you just don't want to start a business because someone's your friend. Um, you want to be able to start a business with someone who you can go into business with <laughs> and actually leverage off each other's skills and and, and grow as, as as a team, um, et cetera. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and even just um a little example of even woke finance, obviously with your background around um finance and then my background around young people as well, it just married very well when it comes to delivering our personal finance education to young people. Obviously there's other things around that, but that was one of the uh the next right there. Absolutely. It's the dream team. Come on, come on, come on. Not Nigeria, but definitely a dream team, man. Um, <laughs> so, Jax, we've obviously spoken about some of the risks and stuff like that. I think um, it will be good to, okay, these are some of the risks. I mean, there's probably many more that might just come up and maybe some of our listeners are thinking of. Um, and even some of our listeners that have done um, joint ventures, you know, if you've had some nightmares, um, joint ventures, <laughs> let us know, man. We'd love to discuss it one time on an episode. But, Jax, we've spoken a bit about risk and stuff. So let's talk about... about how to mitigate uh, some of these things and how to actually go about group economics in, in the best way possible. Yeah. Well, firstly, we, we say that risk is a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. Risk is not a bad word. Um, I know sometimes when we hear the term, it's, it, it can sound scary, but risk is a good term in everything there. that we do. Yeah, absolutely. It's about how we uh, take calculated risk mm -hmm. and, and the contingencies we put in place. And of course, you know, trying to mitigate the risk as, as much as possible so we get a good risk-adjusted return. Um, so one of the first things you do, you should do, um, is quite obvious. Well, to to me, it's become more obvious. Um, is to put put contracts in place. Mm. So so you know, actually put paperwork in place. So an, an example is if you're if you're going to buy properties with a group of friends, let's let's keep let's keep it at the four friends. The four friends are looking to buy a property. Okay. Um, ideally, what you would want to do is probably set up a business structure. So you set up a business structure and we amongst yourself you describe you you know you agree sorry on the the structure of of who's going to be the shareholders and what proportion they're going to hold but for for easy math sake let's say you're all equal shareholders so 25% each you want to set that in, in motion and you want to make sure that's set and that's that's agreed but also you don't want to just do it yourselves mm. you want to get a a professional in place you want to get a solicitor in place you want to make sure that the paperwork is in place before you start your venture, okay? Because we can't predict what's going to happen in the future and some of the things that we said earlier in terms of people pulling out and that kind of stuff. There has to be a thought process. You know, when you're starting something, you have to think about what can possibly go wrong. You don't, you don't go in with negative thoughts, but you have to consider uh, what can happen and, of course, what, what to do if certain things happen. Um, Peter, you you mentioned that you know, for example, you know, emergencies happen, things happen, mm -hmm. and and that kind of you know cause someone to maybe have to pull out. Then it's important to have in place what it means for someone to pull out and how they can pull out um, efficiently, right? Um, so putting that contingency in place. For example, when they're pulling out, can someone buy their shares? Mm. You know, and 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 then you know how to even value those shares as well. Really important, especially for a limited business, you want to agree a an amount that someone's going to pay in terms of nominal value, et cetera, when they decide to pull out or if they decide to pull out. And often that share price 
is often cheaper than the actual market valuation, mm. for example. So that it makes the current shareholder um, or the current other other current shareholder or shareholders able to buy the shares at a cheaper price than the market before someone else joins in, right? Mm -hmm. So that's 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 the way we have to think about things, putting certain contingencies and paperwork in place. Well, I mean, how many times have we heard, you know, someone say, oh, I bought this with such and such. Um, or we, me and uh, my friend, um, we we invested in this business, but then my friend done something and it messed up the business and our relationship, etc. But they never had anything in place in the in the beginning. And I think it's important to remember, you know, when you are going on a venture that is a separate entity, it's a business. So yeah. same way in your day to day job, if you are working with a client, you will have agreements or contracts in place. So you need to treat this in the same way. Otherwise, if something does happen that is totally on you for not having that in the in in place in the beginning yeah absolutely and i think the next thing you need to do or another thing you can do is just really understand the structure that you're setting up mm. um if, if you're buying property for example let's say you're you live in a property as well if your group of friends are living in a property you have to decide whether you're going to be joint joint tenants sorry or mm. you're going to be tenants in common mm. right because those two types of structures are very different right they're very similar but actually very different in a sense that if you're, you know, joint tenants and one of you decides to disappear off the face of the earth and go and live somewhere um, happily ever after and never come back again, hmm. um, the, the bank is still going to chase the other person <laughs> for their, you know, for their, you know, the other part of the mortgage, for example, if you took out a mortgage, right? You are both responsible for the entire mortgage or you all four of you will be responsible for the entire mortgage kind of thing so that's that's potentially more risky um than maybe being tenants in common for example so really understand the structure you're setting up and the pros and cons but i would definitely advise you to get some sort of advice before you do that no, I love that. Love that. Um, and one thing, just even on the um, I mean, I know we're using property as an example because it's quite a, a nice, easy, straightforward one to illustrate. Um, I think one thing's quite important, Jax, is also having almost an end goal slash exit plan when it yeah. comes to because investing in a property, uh, if it's a buy to let, you might want to grow a whole buy to let portfolio it's very easy to get you know so excited about it and pull your money into it but not really understand what is the exit strategy for this yes. um yeah i really having that uh end goal in mind that's that's i love that and it's not something i actually thought about actually so yeah you're right at, at the end of the day what if i want to buy 100 properties and and you're comfortable with five mm. you know um you know that's something that you definitely want to think about especially when the end goal could be so wide um, and disperse so yeah because at, at the at, at the end of the day once you get to the end goal you can then decide whether you want to continue and change things up etc but there has mm. to be a goal that you're working towards mm. um so yeah that's 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 a very very important one actually really thinking about what the end goal is um and putting some sort of um real value towards that you know and actually saying this is the specific end goal and once we get there we can we can reassess Hmm. No, man, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And you know, it when when teams are doing joint ventures, they just need to make sure they're on their A game, man. They're on their A game. They're working very much well organized um as well. And for our listeners, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, we've been talking about in general how to be on your A game when it comes to productivity and being performing at the best 
um, in your best version of yourself as well. And we've been talking a lot about a particular product and um, which both myself and Jax have tried over the last few months as well. Um, and Jax, you want to share a bit more about your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I'm, a, I'm a nine to five, so I've got a full time job. It's more like eight to six, not nine to five, but hey. Um, but also run water finance with, with Peter. And so, you know, after a long day in the office, um, I still have work to do. And so the truth of the matter is, I can't, like we've been talking about the group economics, I'm accountable to Peter. I can't mm. say to Peter, hey, I've been in the office and I've worked, so I'm, I'm too tired and I, and I can't, you know, do any more work. So guess what? Aside from my coffees, I now take one of those Magic Mind man sh uh, shots, Magic Mind shots. And it allows me to be more productive as the day goes on. Um, and it allows me to consume less coffee as well. So it's something I've just been trying for the past couple of months and I quite like it so far. So yeah, absolutely. It's much more better than just drinking coffee consistently. Come on, come on, come on. Um, yeah, so with the Magic Mind product, as you know, um, there's lots of discounts available, two particular discounts. If you want to get the first one, just go to www.magicmind.com forward slash woke finance and then if you want to get a further discount when you go to purchase the magic mind um product just type in woke finance 20 that's the code woke finance 20 i'll put all of this in the description so you can um check out there and don't forget to get your product man but yeah. now nah, jacks thank you very much for that really good to know about that but i guess just going back to the um topic around group economics and some of the advantage uh well things to prepare for um when it comes to group economics and um how to mitigate some of the risks is there anything else that comes to mind yeah i think, I think those are the main things i can think of i think you know once you have the paperwork in place you you're thinking long term and thinking about what the end goal is um i think those things can normally set as a good foundation going forward um but i think it's always important as you go through your journey to, to consistently reassess and to consistently revalue what the goals are what you're trying to achieve um, and yes, I, I think it's fine to, you know, do joint ventures with friends and, and family. In fact, I'm a huge fan of people building, especially people from low socioeconomic backgrounds mm -hmm. like ourselves, to really um, consider joint ventures in order to, to, in order to answer that question, is group economics the answer to wealth creation? I think it's one of the tools that we have to really elevate um, you know, being able to pull resources together, whether that's that's financially and monetary or whether that's um, brain power, whether that's in intellect and that kind of stuff to really pull our resources together and allow us to really benefit from that economies of scale and be able to grow exponentially at a faster speed. I think it's really, really important. But yes, I do think you do want to have the necessary contingencies and paperwork in place as you go on this journey. Hmm. I love that. I love that. And I've got a, a final question to, to ask you, but... Um... I'll ask you, give you time to think about it and then get back to you. But I think for the individual that is listening, that probably, you know, hasn't really done any sort of business with other people before, hasn't really engaged in joint ventures. But after listening to this episode, likes the sound of it. What yeah. is that one thing that they can probably do from now to actually embark on? a bit of joint venture um have a think about that but as you do that i am going to give a shout out to where we're getting new listeners from um all over the world we are going to go to our home nation in the united kingdom and we're going to give a shout out to lewisham Jeez, we've got a wide what's well, a wide a large <laughs> influx of listeners from lewisham um and i have no idea who it is so welcome guys welcome to the walk finance podcast 
You're here with myself, Jax, and the co-host, my friend, Peter. On this podcast, we talk about all things finance and all things finance-related. If you want to know more about Walk Finance, because we are actually more than a podcast, you can head over to www.walkfinance.co.uk. That's www.walkfinance.co.uk. Make sure you sign up to the mailing list so you are kept up to date with all the wonderful things we are doing in the community. If you want to engage with us on socials, we are also on Instagram. So you can head over to at Walk Finance Team. Again, that's at Walk Finance Team. And we're also on LinkedIn. If you search for Walk Finance, you are sure to find us. But I hope you are enjoying our episodes and gaining tons of value. Come on, come on, come on. Shout out to Lewis and all our Donnies all over Southeast London and all over the world, man. Jax, I know you was just speaking, but hopefully you had some time <laughs> to think about my question that I just asked you. <laughs> what is that it. one thing, that individual <laughs> who has no idea about group economics up until listening to this episode, but likes the idea and wants to get started? What can they do? Yeah, well, I didn't have much time to think, but <laughs> I'll give you what I think. I think two things they can do. Um, one is volunteering. I think firstly, you can actually volunteer to work for someone initially so you get used okay. to working with someone on something specific um and, and i say this because I've, I've i've seen it work with other people where someone has a business and then they bring on a volunteer mm. and that volunteer actually over time becomes a partner so that's one thing you can consider doing, just volunteering and getting used to working with someone in a close-knit uh, way. That's one thing you can do. I think the se- second thing you can do is to really look within your community and um, and look to see who is around that has a similar mindset to you, that you can actually start thinking about how you can pull your ideas together and move forward. Whether It doesn't have to be property. It could be anything. It could be a podcast. It could be a, 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 a business. It could be anything, really. Just look to see in your community, anyone who shares some values or, that you do, but also someone you can benefit from their skills as well and someone you think you can work with. Um, that's the second one. And I'll give you a third one, which is to go outside of your you know, inside community and look for communities outside as well. So that could be communities online or, or communities out there through networking events where you would get to meet other people who um, are also looking for someone who um, has a similar mindset. So these three things are things you can definitely um, attempt in terms of really trying to find a way to um, get someone to do a joint venture with or some sort of group economics. I love that. I love that, man. And just on the topic of community, strongly recommend our listeners to check out episode 144, The Power of Community When It Comes to Wealth Building. We definitely take a deep dive on how you can actually build your wealth community. Um, but now, Jax, anything else? Those are lovely uh, talks by, and tips, but anything else comes to mind on this topic? Uh, I, I think this topic is huge mm. and um, probably we, we would want to uh, talk about it even more at some point. I think I had a conversation with um, a friend of mine and, and I said to him, you know, you, you, you have a family of five all living in the same house, um, all adults, and you all work full time. Now, if you were to all agree, right, and, and you, you probably heard me use this uh, Bible phrase a few times i think it's amos chapter 3 verse 3 can two people uh, move together unless they agree mm. right so i say if you can all agree to build some sort of economic base and family wealth you can all if you can all save one thousand pounds or one thousand dollars every single month do you know by the end of the year you will have sixty thousand pounds or dollars worth of economic mm. power 
And that's something you can use to whether it is to start buying properties or whether you want to start a business. But that is your angel capital. That's your angel investment right there, your capital, your venture capital. Hmm. You can use that to do some amazing things in your household or in the community. So joint ventures, you know, I've just used some maths. And I know saving a thousand pounds is not easy, but if you all live in the same house, hmm. you know, it's it's possible. Okay. Um, but that's that's how you can actually start to build some sort of economic base because you're able to pull your investments with close ones. But again, one of the key things is you have to agree and you have to all work together. But it can be very powerful when it's well done. Wow, wow. £60,000 between a family of five after one year. We'll leave our listeners with that one to ponder on. Thank you very much, Jax. And to our listeners, stay woke.